for International Women's Day, we talked to Philippa Guana on her motorsport life. I hope you'll stay with us. Inside Motorsport, Tony Whitlock here with Philip Guana, who has a production company called Driven Productions, now based in Dubai. Hey Tony. An exotic place in the world. It is, How yeah. long have you been there now? Uh, nearly four years now. Okay. Yeah. Now, you started out as a journalist when I first met you. Yes. But you've moved away from that. Yeah, I have. Actually, I started in radio out of oh. high school before I went into print journalism, but I've grown up with motorsport my whole life. Yeah. I think I could say Go Brocky before I could say my mum's <laughs> name as a kid watching the Bathurst 1000 every October. Um, so I've always been a rev head, um, and if it doesn't have an engine in it, I'm not interested in the sport. Like, I'm always about motorsport, always have been. Uh, but when I was in radio, I was actually at a radio station out near Oran Park and getting then to know all of the drivers and instructors and being there when the supercars used to race there, I started to find my passion and realised a lot of my friends were involved in the sport and I thought, well, hang on, why can't I work in the industry as well? And that was where I got the opportunity to do some voluntary experience at Auto Action and be a sub-editor and moved into journalism and then, yeah, straight into the reporting on the sport. So it was the far western suburbs of Sydney grew up? Uh, Northwest Sydney, yeah, Northwest I did. Sydney. Yeah, on property, so we had tractors and motorbikes and... So, so I was, I was definitely the rope head as a, as a kid growing up. Early. Okay, <laughs> and my dad right. used to do uh, club racing events at Amaru Park, so it was definitely in the genes. Okay, yeah. so around about 20 years involved in motorsport? Yes, 20 years in media, yeah, and about 17, 18 in motorsport now, professionally, okay. yeah. Right, okay. And in fact, you now work in one of probably would be seen by those who don't know, and I include myself, mm. even though I've been to Dubai at least five <laughs> times, yeah. a very male-dominated Place. It is, yeah, but it is a very respectful place when it comes to women. I feel way more safe, um, very much appreciated and valued for my experience. It does take a couple of years for everyone in the local industry to get to know who you are, and just because you do have 20 years experience and move there, it doesn't count for anything. So you really have to work hard to prove yourself and Gotta earn your stripes. Absolutely, like like I always have across my whole 20 year career, whether it's in Australia or the UAE or going to do other international work in motorsport. Yeah, absolutely. So how do did you actually get to Dubai? What was the, the catalyst to <laughs> Well, that was a personal thing. I, I think we first went to the UAE when I was an associate producer at Supercars. So I worked on the broadcast and we first went there in 2010 as a double header with Bahrain. So we did that year, then a year after that as well, and then there was a third year in 2012. And I always had an affinity with it. I loved going there. I loved the Middle East. I didn't ever think that I would move there or work there. Um, but then I actually met my current partner on the way back through oh. Dubai on a holiday and he actually works in motorsport so I just I couldn't have planned it any better and so yeah we now live five minutes away from the Dubai Autodrome where the Dubai 24 hours is held every year uh, we work at Yas Marina Circuit as well so I'm communications manager for the Formula 4 UAE Championship which started in the end of 2016 and it's great being able to work with young 15, 16, 17 year olds and trying to forge their path in motorsport so I've, I've worked with anyone from Bathurst winners, Le Mans winners, uh, IndyCar drivers, now through to the kids that are just starting their career and, and getting joy from seeing them progress to Europe and being successful. Okay, and most of your work's in video 
video production, TV producing, uh, communications management, digital content. Uh, I'm also TV director and comms director for the Sassol GDC Championship in South Africa. So the great thing about living in the Middle East is it's so close to everywhere. So it's only eight, ten hours to South Africa. It's only eight hours to Europe if I wanted to do a Le Mans or a Spa or a Nürburgring. Uh, just Australia is a lot further away, so I only come back for the big events like the Bathurst 12 hour. Right, okay. Um, as a woman, mm -hmm. let's put aside the uh, Dubai, um, as a woman working in motorsport, have you ever found yourself compromised or...? I, I've been challenged. Um, actually, when I first started at Auto Action, so I was a sub-editor at Auto Action, I would do freelance news writing and feature writing with some of the great journalists that both you and I have worked with in this industry. And we got a new um, editor at large, and he once asked me, well, what do you want to be in the future? Where do you want your career to go as a journalist? And I said, well, I want to be the best female journalist in Supercars. And he said, well, why do you want to be the best female journalist? Why just not the best journalist? And that was a real light bulb moment for me because I was actually putting a yeah. ceiling on my capabilities. Yep. Um, so I've never been disrespected. I've always been welcomed. You know, a lot of my mentors were people like a Mark Fogarty or a Paul Gover and uh, Peter McKay, those sorts of journalists um, before my time. Um, Brett Murray at Bear Media, Speed Cafe has been a great mentor of mine as well. So I've actually had so many amazing men actually be my champion and be my mentors throughout my career. Do you find in motorsport that it's far more about what you can do as to who you are sort of thing? Yeah, you do have to let your skills do the talking. Um, I've had a few instances where I was sort of second-guessed when I arrived on a job. I remember doing um, a Motor Olympic story for Motor Magazine a number of years ago and I was invited to just be the timekeeper and write down the times that all the journalists did. And in the lunch break, uh, the driver instructor asked me to go out and have a bit of fun. So I went and clocked the fourth fastest time out of the 11 guys. Um, and a lot of the journalists were like, how on earth did you do that? I'm like, well, how, why did you think that I couldn't do that? So I've had a bit of fun with it. You know, I did go and get my CAMS license. I did get my race kit. I used to do drive days. Um, so even though I did that to go the extra step to prove myself, I also had a lot of fun in the process and learned a lot to do it as well. So if other people are going to challenge me, well, then I'll just challenge myself even more. So. Okay. Um, but you, you've got to have that attitude, though. You can't just be a quiet, timid woman yeah, in this yeah, sport. Yeah. I think you've got to have a bit of a thick skin Which and a bit of defend yourself. Female, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was talking to Petra from Germany, who's a 20-year professional in motorsport, both journalism and in PR. Mm. And she was talking about one of her role models and uh, a woman who's um, older in her 60s and uh, been around Formula One and she had and things like that. And I suddenly realised at the same time she was saying a woman's name, it was Anne Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. Of course, you would have come across in your time because she was at Abu Dhabi for some considerable time. Yeah. I never really came across her oh, okay. work. I was right. living in a different different field, but I never really had any female role models, to be honest with you. Yeah, okay. it, was all, it was always the men that I wanted to, to work with and, and learn from. And yeah. um, Someone like Mark Fogarty, who was editor-at-large when I was at Auto Action, was actually quite instrumental in crafting my journalism thought right. process. So, yeah, it's, it's actually been quite lonely in regards to being a, a female in the journalistic side of the sport. I'm glad to see a lot of other girls have come through after I've left supercars uh, to do what I used to do. But, yeah, back then it was not that many of us. Okay. Um, recently, as in this week, in fact, has been the subject of grid girls in Formula yeah. 1. As you know, I mean, they've been around supercars for the entire time that category's been around. What's your feeling about it? Um, 
there's lots of different sides that you can take. I think firstly, as a woman, you should be allowed to work in whatever role that you, you choose to. If you want to be a promotional girl, you want to work with sponsors, brands, teams, drivers, etc. and enjoy the event, well then so be it. I'm not so much a fan of the pressure that I've seen from corporate partners and sponsors sometimes that have um, asked girls to wear really skimpy outfits and unflattering outfits. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a contentious issue. I would probably prefer to have women a bit more professionally dressed. I actually remember going to the Indy 500 back in 2006. It was my first big international motorsport event. It was my first actual feature article I wrote that weekend for Auto Action and there started my journalistic career. And the Miss Indy competitors were all wearing beautiful tailored suits in the back of these convertibles. And it was the first time I'd actually seen promotional girls dressing in something other than Lycra. Um, And I I think um, that's really important just to maintain respect and maintain dignity. Um, there has been a number of times in my career when you start talking to people about that you work in motorsport and they do just automatically assume that you're a grid girl or a promo girl. So I think there is that misconception that that's all we do. So and and there has been times in my career where the token blonde female who's a size four or size six gets a role over you being just a normal girl because of the way they look rather than their knowledge you know I know a lot about the cars and I've gone and got my racing license I've been doing this for so long but you always do find in your career that there are pretty girls that do get the jobs Um, it's look the whole environment is going to take a long time to change but as long as everyone just maintains respect for each other and just doesn't um, segregate and make the situation even worse then I think the women should choose whether they should do it or not. leads on to the obvious question of what would be the words of advice for young women who may be looking to emulate you, may be looking to say I'd like to do it. (laughs) And there comes one of my drivers. You really have to stick with what you're passionate about. There's been a lot of people in my career that have tried to derail me and to say, oh, you can't do that and you shouldn't be doing that and and how are you going to make that work? And and I I think if you're just true to yourself and you're committed and you're passionate, you've got a bit of spunk about you and a bit of determination, then you'll you'll go a long way. I never envisaged having a career in motorsport. When I started in radio, I didn't even think I'd even work in television. Um, And a lot of the times in my TV career, I was only ever seen as a an associate producer or someone in the back end of the business that was supporting all of the bigger senior producers and now I'm a director and a producer myself so I think you've got to believe in your own abilities just have that the the goals that you want don't let anyone derail you and just maintain an environment where you're working with people who are actually supporting you rather than putting you down and if you get put down just flush it out the other ear and don't pay attention to it where do you see your business driven Driven Productions. Where do you see that in five years' time? Well, I'm actually really content at the moment, to be honest with you, uh, doing my TV directing in South Africa, um, working with the young teenagers now in Formula 4. I want to do a lot more consultancy work, a lot more mentoring work. I think I've never really had the time before because I was very hands-on um, from a business perspective. But yeah, I'd like to grow the business that way. I want to get back into live TV, actually. I miss I miss the thrill of being in a broadcast truck, particularly when you've got 19 hours of live television at the Bathurst 1000. That, that sort of adrenaline. And I miss. Um, but yeah, I'd like to just continue working in motorsport. Uh, a number of times, particularly when I started in the Middle East, I just had to work on anything just to get a job and get my foot in the door. Um, but when you're doing other things, if it doesn't resonate with you, it drives you crazy. So I have to be working in motorsport.
record and as long as it's to do with the media side of the business yeah I'll, I'll be happy and content continuing to do what I'm currently doing and being able to tick off probably some more of the bigger endurance races like the Le Mans and Nürburgring and Daytona and things like that. Well we're very grateful that Philip Cabano joined us today on Inside Motorsport and look forward to following her exploits in the future. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks Tony. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.